Welcome to Doctor Who A to Z, a show that covers everything Doctor Who from beginning to end, from 1963 to present, from Hartnell to Gatwa, from Auton to Zygon. What's up, Whovians? Welcome back to Doctor Who A to Z. My name is Alan. And I'm Josh. And I'm Ashley. And this week, we don't have a new episode to talk about. So we are going to be talking about the new episodes that we would be in charge of if we were the showrunner. Before we get into that, though, we've got a couple of news items. The first is the very sad passing of Richard Franklin, who, of course, Whovians know from playing Captain Mike Yates back during the Third Doctor era as one of the unit members. And, you know, he's been ill for quite a while now, and we would get regular updates on him from Katie Manning, who would visit him at least weekly, sometimes more often than that. And every time she would visit, she would take a photo with him and he would be smiling and he would always say, make sure you make sure you tell all the Doctor Who fans that I'm OK and, you know, I wish them well. And it finally just got too much for him and he passed away about a week or so ago that's really sad yeah it's a shame i mean none of us live forever unfortunately but uh yeah it's sad yeah i mean he wasn't one of the original unit guys he came in in pertwee's second season but he just slotted right in like he would had been there the whole time like he was just part of the family like everybody knew him and he was really really great he's so just a great character with a really interesting story arc and he was he just seemed like such a nice guy yeah absolutely i i think uh i agree i um i, I think though alan you you said that that's pretty interesting though that uh he was one of the few characters with a story arc. I mean, his, his character, yeah. Mike Yates is in, in that era. I mean, he really did have an arc that you kind of see a kind of a conclusion to, um, in planet of the spiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, um, and he did play it very well and he, you're right. He slotted right into that. So it is a, a sad, sad thing, but, uh, he is kind of this really, yeah, uh, maybe not important, but a, a big kind of signpost in, in Dr. Who. Yeah, definitely. The last thing that I am aware of that he did was there was a unit box set. I don't know how many years back that had a mix of the modern series unit Mm -hmm. characters with the classic unit series characters and John Levine and Katie Manning and all of them were in it. And it was a sea devils and Silurians story. So of course, modern unit had to dig out the third doctor era unit characters to help deal with the, with the creatures from the sea and um, it was a great great box set i loved it so much so if anybody's interested you should go and take a listen to that hopefully that doesn't encroach on josh's spinoff media corner later in the episode i didn't know how to pick one for this week there's not an episode (laughs) well well in regards to spinoff media though um he, I believe he also did some, and Josh, you'll know this, some BBV productions. Some of those like oh, off, yeah. off the market <laughs> Doctor Who productions. Right. And they did some kind of unit ones. Um, I, I think he was in one of them, maybe? Or it was, may have been like the Air Zone Solution or something that, that wasn't Doctor Who yes. that was adjacent, right? Right. Yeah, one of those off-Broadway off kind of productions. <laughs> so... R.I.P. to Richard Franklin. Very sad loss for the Whovian community. But speaking of sea devils, that leads us into our second news item. And that is this rumor that the first not exactly announced spinoff is going to be a sea devil story, which um, this all comes from there is a um, there's something in the UK where you have to list your upcoming productions and someone filed paperwork on this thing. Who knows if it's actually legit, but the title that it goes under is the war between the land and the sea. And Russell T Davies said that one of the first spinoffs would have an eight, uh, an eight word title. And that fits this, but let's just say if you're going to do your first spinoff, the Sea Devils is not where I thought it was going to go. 
I mean, I don't know. What, 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 what do you say to that? I mean, I'm sure it'll be the unit story that everybody I think is, so too. is talking about. I mean, it's not just going to be a, a sea devil story. I, mean, I think, I think it's that? interesting how, how like synonymous unit and sea devils and Silurians mm. are. Right. I mean, you've got, I mean, they, the unit's been in tons of episodes uh, and stories, but, but oftentimes I think people go back to those two. I think those are very classic unit stories in that part. We era. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, there's an assumption, I think, that unit will be in this, but I mean, it could take place in the past. It could, you know, it, it, we, we don't know, but uh, but it would be. I I it, I would assume also that it probably is a unit story. I mean, it almost has to be because we you you can pretty much guess that it's not going to be the Doctor and a companion. It might be some of the previous companions, like we've been talking about, that seems to be involved in this unit spinoff that keeps getting rumored around. Um, but, you know, so it, it almost has to be unit dealing with this. I mean, because it's not going to be Torchwood. I mean, I think Torchwood is is it, that's a done deal that is never going to be revived. But so it's got to be unit, right? I mean, I don't see what else you would do. Exactly. It's not unit. And it, so if, if it is unit, A, is that the unit show? And yeah. B, is can you sustain a multi-season show about fighting the sea devils well no see well i i feel like what they're doing is i think that they're not looking to do like just say it's the unit show it'll be right. a series of mini series essentially is what it'll be that they can use whoever they want to like it's not going to be a series of sea devils it'll be this time unit faces off against the sea devils and then next time maybe it's like some of unit and maybe they bring back some old torchwood people and they're off against i don't know the centaurs or something like that right it's almost like this is the unit series that we're getting but this is the subtitle of the first season, basically. Sure. That's what I'm thinking. Like it's going to be like its banner is going to be unit. And then this, the title for this first production is this uh, sea devil thing. I, I wonder, and honestly kind of talking about it, like this makes a lot of sense. I wonder if this is going to be more akin to like Quatermass than, mm. than a like Dr. Who kind of style thing uh their quatermass and doctor who have always kind of been like this weird like adjacent thing that yeah that is the same yet it isn't the same at all and they're not in the same universe but they're very similar and i mean it's, it's very it was very influential in in oh, the I mean, that that's like story. basically what the unit stories are is yes you know, right 1970s quatermass so i mean i don't think that's a big stretch to, to make there actually. right right but i i I wonder if it'll go back to that because the, the modern unit stories are not as much like that because we have the doctor doing doctory things and units set dressing. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if it is more along the lines of that kind of Quatermass S story. Did you, I don't know if you, either of you have seen it's on BritBox. There's a, from like 2000, I don't even remember when um, it's, it's fairly recent and it's a remake of the original Quatermass with David yes. Tennant in it. Yeah, and it's didn't, not didn't bad. Mark, it's Mark Gatiss write that? Yes, uh, I think he wrote it, right? Yeah. Yes, and and, and so, it was live. I think that was was there was something special about that that it was it wasn't yeah your tip. I think it was filmed live. Or, I think so, or, or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but that's a modern update of that Quatermass model. So I do think that that could easily slot right into this this proposed unit slash sea devil whatever it is as it's going to be and it would be interesting who they pull in to write it and and direct it and things Agreed. like that if because that is the, I, in my opinion josh might disagree you might disagree alan it's a perfect story for mark Gatiss to come in and write like uh, mm. uh maybe not the whole thing but at least some episodes i mean mm -hmm. that's his bread and butter is that kind of like unit sea devil story so I, that's just me. That's just like if I were we're getting into that later. But if I were doing this, like I would pull in Mark Gatiss to, to write yeah. some of this. Right. Right. And it will also be interesting if with all of these spinoffs, if uh, Russell show runs all of them or if he pulls in Stephen Moffat and he's like, hey, you want to do another like a spinoff? Just six episodes. Right. Like, do you want to do that? Uh, and 
pulls in some of this uh, these mm-hmm. kinds of people. It, it's going to be interesting to see not only what those stories are, but also like how Russell like delegates it. Yes, absolutely. And as the franchise broadens in the modern Disney Plus era, you know they're all falling under the Bad Wolf Production Company. So Russell is going to be involved at least in an executive producer role. So, but I'm sure that he's not going to be able to show run every single thing that they do. So it is going to be interesting to see who gets tapped to do this, that job with these other, you know, extraneous shows. Yeah. I mean, he's, you've seen him a lot with, with Stephen Moffat and talking about like letting him in on things and things like that. And the last time we heard that, like he became the showrunner. I mean, that was that was the way things kind of worked. But I like, yeah. so it'll be curious in the so to see if if Moffat's willing to do it. A and uh, B, if that's the direction that Russell goes, or does he pull in someone who has um, hasn't done it yet, or yeah. or even Chibnall? Right? I mean, is I mean, he keeps talking about how close he is with Chris Chibnall. Like, yep, maybe Chris would be like. I'd like to do a six episode thing that doesn't have anything to do with the doctor. So I can't mess that up. Right. (laughs) Right. He could do a sequel to the flux, but not with the doctor with other characters. I mean, he could, he could do a a vendor and whatever his companion's name was his partner. I forget her name. He could do a spinoff of those two. Who was way more interesting than anything else in that whole, in the whole (laughs) three seasons that he did. If you say so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Josh is not on board with our ideas. I bet you that's going to continue throughout the rest of this episode. (laughs) I bet you we're seeing a trend start right here. (laughs) All right. So let's just get into our topic, which there was one more thing we wanted to cover. Oh, we didn't get a chance to talk about. Oh yes. Because I've got to bring in my spinoff media news. And I haven't had a chance to talk about, the exciting announcement. Well, I guess exciting, but um, I, you know, I haven't been following the Eccleston series as, as closely as some other ones, but I will be tuning in for his uh, upcoming box set because they will be having him meet Bernie Summerfield. Yes, in his upcoming box set called Buried Threats. Um, yes, it's going to be interesting. It certainly will be um, the the story with Bernice is being written by Matt Fitton. So that's mm-hmm. pretty ex- exciting for me. I'm a big fan of his yep. writing styles and I'm always ready for more Benny. So that'll be fun to see how that works out. Right on. Yeah, it's going to be good. You know, they've spent so much time and energy pairing River Song up with every possible doctor, whether it made any sense to do so or not. And here's, <laughs> Benny just sitting around waiting to be used in a really good and interesting way with some of these characters. And we're finally going to get that in uh, the context of the ninth doctor. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I bet you river will make an appearance though. Oh boy. I bet you it's an uncredited (laughs) thing in the, like however many episodes this goes, it's going to be in the last one. And she's going to be like, hang on, let me call my former student to help us out with this thing. And up pops river. (laughs) Oh, wow. Just for the record. I am the one who asked the question uh, of the big finish guys at Hulanta, um, River or Benny. Uh, and uh, I am incredibly proud of that, uh, that moment. So uh, <laughs> what, and, uh, what was their answer? I, I believe it was Benny because they owned, they owned the rights to do yes. whatever they wanted to with her. Right. And at that time, I don't think they had the license to do anything <clears throat> new series. Isn't that right? Or had they, they just, just announced it oh, okay. at that point, but just announced it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense at that time then. Benny would be the one. All right. Anything else we need to cover? I think that's it. Awesome. All right, then let's get on into it because we have a job to do. And that job is to take over the showrunner position of Doctor Who. And I know Ashley has some big ideas about what he would do with Doctor Who if he were showrunning. And I've got one or two myself. So, Ashley, you have been given the job of showrunner. So where do you start? Like, what's your first thing that you do when you, like, set up your office and you move into John Nathan Turner's old desk? 
you know, and you clear all his clutter off and everything. What, what's the, what's your first action? First action is to find the switch and, uh, pull, uh, the Nathan Turner overdrive all the way. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been looking for a reason to use that joke for a really long time. Wow. I'm glad um, I gave you a good setup for it. Yeah. So no, um, I, I have a document here. Let me, uh, let me go. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so the first thing, you know, you he do does <laughs> is you, is you cast a doctor, right? Okay. So, and, and this one's, so I, I don't follow actors all that much. Like there's just people that like are in my periphery. So, so I'm not like, oh, who's the best companion? Who's whatever. Um, but there is one one actor that I would love to see as the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. Although I do have four here that I will bring okay. up. Um, but my my number one pick for uh, the doctor is uh, Richard Ayanati. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, who plays uh, Moss in the IT crowd. He's been in the Mighty Boosh. Uh, he does kind of uh, reality, uh, not reality shows, but like... Um, like he does like gadget man and things like that these days. Um, I love him and I would love to see him as the doctor. Um, the other two or the other three, I think are actually slightly safer choices. You've got Michael Sheen, um, uh, Sean Pertwee, mainly just for the fanboy as, as I'm being able to have <laughs> John, uh, John Pertwee's son. Right. And then, uh, Harry M- uh, Melling, who mm. was in Harry Potter, but is also, uh, Patrick Troughton's grandson. So, right. um, I think he would uh, really love you. Super fun. I can't oh, see Josh's Josh face. Josh is so. shaking his head. Uh, but uh, Richard Ayanati, like, so as I go through this, like, uh, imagine Richard Ayanati as the doctor. Like, oh, that's yeah, that's weird. that's easily done. Yeah, I can totally see him in it. Yeah, so I. If I, I had to put money on who you were going to pick, he would have been my choice. So I'm glad I won that bet. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't, so I don't you, know if we've ever talked about that before. No, we haven't. But like, I know what kind of Doctor Who that you want, and I knew he'd be the perfect fit for it. So here we go. <laughs> nice. So I actually have written a whole season and a half, um, uh, like in terms of titles and synopsis. Uh, synopsis. Okay. Some of them are things I've worked on for years, um, <laughs> and some <laughs> some of them uh, are newer. Uh, some of them I'm not going to be able to talk much about because I think I'm going to incorporate them into the RPG that I uh, am, am working on. As <laughs> okay, well. so I fair enough. Hold back a little bit. Right. Um, so this is going to start exactly where you think it's going to start, but I don't think it's going to end the way you think it's going to end. I like that. Uh, for those of you who know me, the other thing is, as we're thinking about like music, like I would uh, drastically change this. Like I would oh, actually yeah. go into... I would actually do less orchestral kind of music and do more guitar rock driven music uh, to to be like the incidental music. And then also mm-hmm. like uh, I say pop music, but I don't mean like top 40 radio hits, like kind of like what uh, Russell T did at uh, with the end of the world where he kind of uh, in uh, in court. Is it? No, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It's where he kind of incorporated those songs in into that. I would get rid of Murray Gold. Uh, and that and that style of and that style of uh, thing, but that's just that's just Ashley, right? So, um, <laughs> well, I will say it's not just Ashley because I would no, do the I don't, same I don't thing. think any one of us here would keep Murray Gold on. So. <laughs> well, no, not Murray Gold, but I mean, getting away from that mm-hmm. kind of um, soundtrack as yeah, well, right? Yeah, yeah, I was. <clears throat> I was a big fan of Sagan Akinola's first season because he went much more soundscapey. He went much more abstract and there wasn't a whole lot of like, you know, theme kind of work. And, and I loved it. I thought it was so good. I thought it was much more fitting for the kind of show that I like Dr. Who to be. And, and I'm, I swear that someone told him, look, man, nobody likes your stuff. You have got to sound more like Murray. And his second and especially third seasons was much bigger and more Hollywood orchestra kind of thing. And I just didn't like it as much. It was so overwhelming. Um, I would definitely go back to something like his first season um, and something much more, much more abstract. Yeah. Um, So that's that's where I would go there. And then. Okay, so as we start this, I'm going to start like the doctor has just regenerated. We have a whole fresh start, just like we're doing now with Shooty. We have a fresh start. Instead of going to Earth, the doctor goes to Peladon, right? His home away from home, or maybe his home away from his home away from home. Right. Um, because he's not been there in a while. He's starting out. He's going through all of this. 
And there we, uh, he, he loses the TARDIS, which is what he did the first time he did this. Right. So, uh, the first time he was on, on Peladin, uh, and that episode is called, uh, death and Peladin, right? There is a, um, there's a plot to kill the king, pretty standard thing, right? And while he's there, he meets uh, the Galactic Federation's chief inspector, whose name is Glix, uh, G-L-Y-X-X, and he is an ice warrior. Shocking. Because you have to, right? <laughs> and uh, he also meets a, um, a circus performer uh, that that's kind of traveling around named Molly, and this will be his companion. So they do all of these things. They solve the mystery. They're still looking for his TARDIS. So uh, he goes on a, he gets on a, a, a ship and goes to the next planet uh, for the next story, uh, which is called the cult of eternal living. For those of you who have, who I think maybe both of you, maybe Josh, my, the comic that I wrote uh, is called the cult of eternal living. This is that plot. There's a planet. Uh, the chief inspector has been called there to uh, check out uh, something going on. There is a cult there that is promising eternal life and uh, people start going missing. And this ends up being the Cybermen, right? So this is where you get kind of those classic, uh, those classic creatures in there. And it's a, it's a little bit of a darker take. Well, not a darker take. It, it's similar to like the flood, right? I mean, the flood, which is a Doctor Who magazine comic story where mm -hmm. they're, they're, kind of perpetuating this uh they're they're almost like a religion and they're like uh, you know we can take away all your fears all your anxieties everything and here you go so there's that uh what's next uh the temporal suicides the temporal suicides is that there is a uh fanatical guy who is um promise again this wouldn't actually be right after that one i've got these out of order but um <clears throat> he finds people who are in um in a, a state of distress and he's like, I can solve everything for you. And he takes them back in time and he lets them kill themselves by killing their grandfather or whatever. Right. So not only killing themselves, but wiping themselves out of time. Mm -hmm. So the doctor has to uh, manage that. Um, let's see at this point, I think Glix has already gone back uh, to Peladon. So he's got the TARDIS back. I've got a, it's not all in order, but um, um <laughs> Then there's the uh, the idol. That's that's one of them. Uh, they land on this Romanesque planet with the Romanesque civilization, and they are worshiping this uh, this creature that's like up on top of a mountain that's promising to protect them and and uh, do all all of these things. And it's getting it it loves the idea of being in in power and being godlike to this this civilization. And the doctor shows up, and all of a sudden it starts remembering that it is more than. Uh, the god of these people, but it is in fact a Dalek, and it decides to wake up and kill the Doctor. Uh, so that's how I would incorporate the Daleks. Uh, the Temple of the Time Lords. Uh, this is where the uh, the meta plot comes in, right? Because the meta plot is to actually properly bring back Gallifrey. Mm. Uh, Temple of the Time Lords is a museum that someone set up with Time Lord artifacts, and the Doctor uh, lands there, and then they realize that uh, the guy realizes he's a Time Lord, and he's like, what better artifact than a real Time Lord? Um, so, um, there, and while they're doing that, that's where you begin to set up elements of the, the meta plot. Uh, the next one is Federation burning or whatever happened to Alpha Centauri. <laughs> <laughs> is that two alternate titles or is that one full title? I, I haven't decided that yet. Okay. I might keep it as that one. Full I like title. it as one full title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Alpha Centauri has <laughs> gone missing, uh, as a, as a new conflict blues, uh, brews between the Draconian Empire and the Earth Empire, and Glix con nice. contacts the Doctor uh, for for an ass for assistance. Uh, okay, um, there's uh, this one is not an alternate title. It's just one of actually. I'll go with the second title, Backmasked. Uh, this is where. Uh, oh yeah, I know this one. <laughs> you, have you have I told you about this? Yes, one? we've talked about this before. This is where you have a, a record. And uh, there is an entity that is trapped on it. And if you play it backwards, uh, that entity will uh, have you perform a blood ritual to open uh, to let him come out of this um, record that is a uh, his prison. Eight Arms to Kill You. That is a title I've been holding on to for years and years. Um, it is a uh, it is a play on um, the original title for the Beatles movie Help. 
Um, that was going to be or eight, arm, eight arms to hold you was that. Night. Yes. But I've always loved it as a James Bond esque story. So I think I'll stick with it as a James Bond esque like story. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh, I've missed one. Have I missed one? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Jazz Singer. That is one also. And then this one, Molly and the Doctor, uh, they're on Earth. They they visit this um, this uh, jazz club, and there's this down on this on his luck jazz singer uh, who is played by Matt Berry. That's very important. And um, there is something that is uh, following him that's unnatural, and he can't shake it, and he can't can't really succeed at anything. There's something odd about him. He ends up going and traveling with the Doctor and Molly, um, and then Eight Arms to Kill You. I don't really have a good plot for that one i just want to do a james bond s story so I like that. <laughs> it's just um, a good title <laughs> and then we end the season with the beast of peladin and uh you find out that uh so the doctor goes back to peladin and um there's something strange and ancient that has been unearthed uh the king's mysterious uh advisor uh who we met actually in the first story her name is Bryn. Uh, she's actually a sisterhood of the Karn. She's from Karn, right? Uh, and she has somehow gotten to Peladin, and she has kind of taken the, uh, the the role of advisor. And there's an artifact that she has found that she is trying to awaken. And uh, the jazz singer, remember, played by Matt Berry, is revealed to be the master. So he is uh, traveling with the doctor. Uh, and now he's had two or three adventures with him and now he's on Peladin and he is opening this ancient evil, which is going to be probably a, a great vampire. Um, and he, um, <laughs> and, uh, the, the master, uh, uh, pulls all that, that together, uh, in there because he is Matt Berry. Cause who better to play the master than Matt Berry, Matt Berry. Uh, would be incredible to play the master. That's why I didn't cast him as the doctor because I was planning on casting him as the master. I see. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Let's. let's uh, well, no, you you finish what you're. Well, I'll just your... do the Christmas special, which is how the doctor oh. gave Christmas, right? Because we always take these, they always mm. do these things on on Christmas stories. So I figured the Grinch. There's this creature that's actually making people forget Christmas and what it mm. is. So the doctor has to give it back to them. So that would be my my Christmas special. That wow. Year. Okay. So let's just review. Your first <laughs> season of Doctor Who is going to incorporate Peladon, Ice yes. Warriors, mm -hmm. the Sisterhood of Karn, mm -hmm. Cybermen, Daleks, mm -hmm. Time Lords, yep. Alpha Centauri, Draconians. That goes with Peladon. It's with, well, it, it does, side, sure. Yes. And Great Vampires. Yes. That goes with Gallifrey. And so yeah. does the Sisterhood of Karn. Right, right, so right. So I kind of wrap them up. It's more like just like Gallifrey Time Lords, Cybermen kind of, Daleks kind of, right, Peladin right, right. a lot, and some you, Earth, not much. And but. did you save anything for your season two, or are you expecting to just be fired <coughs> immediately after this? Oh, no, I'm there. I'm going to, I'm not going to make it a season two, but I do have a season two. <laughs> Um, of course, you actually, do. I only have a couple, right? Okay. I only have a couple episodes because I got to continue that meta plot, right? Because right, right. really, I've not even touched the meta plot yet. Like, um, this is just gearing up for the meta plot for season two. So the first episode, which I don't really have a story for yet, I just have a title because you get a good title, you build a story around that. Right. The Chimes of Gallifrey. Mm. That's the name of that one. And then finally, the last episode and Josh is going to love this. I went back and forth. Originally, I was like, oh, it'll be called the blood of Rassilon, right? Because the Ooh. blood of Rassilon. But yeah. no, it's the blood of the other. I like it. Let's just go all in with the Carmel Master plan. There you go. And uh, go for it. And uh, so that's all I got with season two. I have a few other ideas, but I, I can't give them all away, right? <laughs> I have to say, like, I didn't hate it. Like, I was actually pretty well with you, other than the the fluffing about, like, I knew you were going to Peladon at the beginning, so fine, oh, yeah. whatever. The return to Peladon, I was like, eh, okay. But then, like, you crashed and burned at the end of that first season, Ashley. Let me tell you, and, like, I just could not recover from that. But I didn't hate it. Like, I was like, oh, okay, you know, some good ideas. I don't mind, you know, okay, no. you know. I, and I, I commend you for your restraint for not making the a nice warrior a full time companion. He, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He just, he just, he just I, I just, I just wanted him to show up. But he basically, like, he's like, I can't 
you know, I can't deal with that. Like, I, there's another story I was going to actually slate in there that was uh, that was going to be it was going to be the third one with him there where he goes. Because I think this would be a cool setup, actually. Like you take this ice warrior from the Galactic Federation and you're like, oh, I know somewhere that you'd enjoy. Let's go to, you know, Antarctica or whatever on Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of cool. You get to see it. But it's like Antarctica in the 1940s. Right. So you've got like all this military stuff that, that supposedly is going on and they uncover like an ancient ice warrior ship. Wouldn't it be interesting to have the juxtaposition Ooh. of a future ice warrior meet like the the horrible ancient ice warriors? Yeah. So I would actually probably put that after the cult of the eternal living, and I would have like an like a new Mars ice warrior meet like old Mars ice warriors, which I think would be fascinating. Uh, it would be a fun fun story. I'm, I'm I gotta say I'm really enjoying all this, Ashley. I think that you are. You are writing Doctor Who like I would like to see Doctor Who. It might not be Except many for maybe other people. all the canon. All the all the I mean, I mean by the time it got to screen, all that canon would be brushed out of it anyways. We all know that. Right. Uh the, the, the three trips back to Peladon. No, he only goes to Peladon twice. He, the 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 one with uh Alpha Centauri isn't actually on Peladon, it's on a ship. Um, it's hard me. Hard me. (laughs) So you only have to you only have to use torches in this twice. Only twice. (laughs) Only asking for torches on walls twice. Does anybody sing any Venusian lullabies? So I've considered another story that I didn't put on here that actually (laughs) is where a Venusian lullaby actually gets in everyone's head, and we actually find out what the original Venusian lullaby was. Oh, um, and it was actually kind of similar to like a beep the meep thing where they're using TV to like um, brainwash everyone with this Venusian lullaby, right? Or not TV, but they're using this lullaby to like brainwash. And so that's hmm. like the downfall of the Venusian civilization. So I don't know. It was just an idea. That's very it's cool. ideas you have when you're just walking around, you know, right. You just hit your head. I didn't even write that one down, but yes, I, I had to include a Venusian lullaby somewhere, but I failed to get it on my list. Wow. That's impressive work, dude. I gotta say, this is this is really well thought out. You don't know how excited I was when you said <laughs> that this would be what we talk about. Uh, You're like, at some finally, point. my moment has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing as far as writers for your individual episodes, directors? That kind of thing. Who do you have in mind for all that stuff? Or are you just doing it all? I don't even get into that. Like, I don't know. Other people can figure that out. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, if, if you need me to have writers, I sure. I, I didn't really think that through. I, the way I like to work is I like to have like, here's what I want. Yep. Like, here's my idea. Now you go write it. Right. So I actually probably work better as a writer's room than yeah. uh, than just having like Mark Gatiss write the Paladin stories, which is probably what I would do. Um, or no, actually, um, who? Oh no, he's not around anymore, is he? Um, uh, but I would have, um, y- you know, a lot of the stories. Obviously, they they are inspired by other stories. I mean, uh, somewhat the uh, the idol, the Dalek one is similar to Jubilee and and, mm-hmm. and Dalek to some extent. I've taken some other. Uh, the the music time lord museum inspired by dialogue obviously uh, although i think it would end up very different there's uh so there's you know rob shearman makes a lot of sense uh things like that but i don't I, honestly that's one of those things like i i look at like like what's well, the story being told i don't think too much about writers and things like that as much as i probably should mm-hmm. um and I mean, I, I love Rachel Talele's work, right? I mean, put her on there. I'll let her direct all of them. I don't care. Um, uh, <laughs> I right. just, I don't, uh, you know, I, t- I take that back though. One thing, actually, you know what? Who, like anyone, right? Who would di- direct the um, the Paladin episodes? Hmm. Peter Jackson. Like, let's go crazy. Okay. Sure, I let's had a Peter feeling <laughs> you were going to get Peter Jackson in here somewhere. I just knew it. I mean, if he's, you're going to do Paladin, like right. bring in, Peter Jackson, right? Because you got the Lord of the Ring thing going on, like right. br- bring it on, right? Like let him do Minds of Moria with Doctor Who. I like it. Like don't have him do a Dalek episode. Have him do a Paladin episode. Sure, it would be sure. amazing. Right. Wow. Well, that's that's big and bold. That's good stuff, Ashley. Or stupid, actually. I think stupid is the word you're looking for. Um, no, no, no. I think well, seriously, uh, though, I think this is a good question. Like, what do you what do you want 
out of Doctor Who. Like, right. I think everyone wants something different, right? And yeah. yes, this is like my fangasm that I'm having or whatever over here, uh, get being able to do this kind of thing. But like, ultimately, like Josh and I want two different things out of Doctor Who. We know that. I think, Alan, you want whatever you want out of Doctor Who in, in that relation. Josh is very character driven. I'm very plot driven. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to want things that are like, like what when you think of when I think of Doctor Who, I think of um, fun adventures in time and space. Like that's what if you're like, what's Doctor Who to you? Fun adventures in time and space. Yep. Like like that's that's what I want. I don't want it to be too complicated. I don't need all kinds of uh, arcs and mystery boxes like we've talked about before. Um, uh, sure, I mean I want to bring Gallifrey back. I think that would be super fun. I think it the world's a better place with Gall- when Gallifrey exists. So I spend two seasons to do that, right? And then I put it into the into the uh, the ether there. Um, one thing I didn't put in here, and I was going to, was there's a meta plot with the companion's father, right? Because it actually makes more sense to to have that like like she's looking for her dad, right? It gives that plot to it. Uh, that's one of the things that, that I had in my mind, but I, I didn't flesh out very much and it probably would, it would give some structure to her because if you notice, I didn't talk about the companion much. Like she's no. just uh, it's kind of like old school, just <laughs> there. Right. I mean, they, they serve a plot purpose. That's how I work. I, I do not think now you get writers doing this. They're going to do that. They're going to do that, that stuff. Like Josh is going to be, super character driven that is what he does i am plot driven um that's just just me right i think it's whatever you want out of doctor who right right this seems like a really really great big finish box set or series of box sets you know it seems like it's I'm happy to would... work with them right <laughs> i'm sure you would be this seems like something that has a lot more chance of actually happening in a big finish world or a comic book world than on television you know but absolutely yeah yeah but that's just the nature of what the show is now and right. where it goes and things like that good ideas though i like it i mean honestly the back mask story actually yeah. if i'm not mistaken started as an idea for one of those like big finish stories that they would do. Like they'd mm-hmm. let you like send in like the 10 page story or whatever. And someone would read it like yep. that, that started out years ago. Actually, I think I got the idea at who Lanta. Like I was like, just, I'm like, Oh, what can I do? And how do you take, how do you use the medium of audio? Like what better way to have like right. a record going backwards. Right. Especially so, if they, if they do the rare LP release of the drama. Right. Right. I you mean, can even you would do almost something have to that, do right? it. You have to. Yeah. So I, that's just a story that, I mean, and I'm sure Josh knew that was coming. We've talked about that a ton. Mm-hmm. I've, um, and then cold of the eternal living is one that I've had. Uh, one that I didn't mention that I, on here called devil in red. I actually did an audio that I've sent. I think you guys have heard it, uh, with a with my character that was that story. And it, it's, it's a, it's a film noir story essentially. Um, so uh, like that exists, I'm, I'm happy to share that and you can link to it. Uh, in the in the show notes, like okay. you can get like an idea of what that that is, but um, I don't know. I just like fun things, right? <laughs> I think most people like fun things, Ashley. So I think you're pretty safe there. Fair enough. <laughs> but you're right. It probably would dance. be better. It would be better for uh, for that kind of story. Um, and I will say, like, if you had asked me this three, four, five years ago, it would have been very different. Mm-hmm. The first episode would have been the same. Uh, but everything would have it, it would have all taken place on Peladon and it would have been a procedural. So that's that's where I started. And then I decided not to do that. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I've evolved. I've evolved in my my taste. I would very much like it if televised Doctor Who were in a place now where this is the kind of season that we would get, you know, like this is the kind of season that viewers would flock to. You're just you know, I mean, it just. It just sings to me. No, I, I actually I really, uh, again, up until that last episode, like I was completely with you, Ashley. Like, all right, that sounds like it's pretty good. I mean, you know. Was it the vampire or the master reveal? It was both. Or the sisterhood it, of it, car. It, it was It was everything. It's just it all coming together. It was, it was everything. <laughs> yeah, but I, I had to have, I had to figure out how to put Matt Berry as the master. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I had to, like, he has to, to like wake up and realize he's the master. Um, and why, where, what better place to do that than on Paladin? Right. Of course. Why not? 
it, it really kind of reminds me of the original plan for season 23 before it got canceled, um, where they were going to have the Ronnie, the master, the ice warriors, the toy maker, the autons and who, who remembers what other stuff. And that was just the first half of the season. And it was like, Jesus Christ, are they overloading this? <laughs> and then Ace was going to end up becoming a time Lord. No, that's 27. Oh, is that 27? 23 okay. is the one that, that got canceled oh, the and then one became that, right. Right. Trial. The, the missing. Trial. Yeah. Trial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My bad. Yep. So I like it though. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun going to be like it's happening, you know, but I, I do think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's funny that uh, you went into at the very end, wanting to do Carl Mr. Planning. like, just stop stepping on my toes, actually, because that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. But you would have a very different take on it though. Probably oh, very different. I mean, very, very much so. I mean, because you know, it would be one of the things that I would like to go back to if I were to do it, but now you have to do it in the context of the fucking timeless child, because <laughs> you've got that out there now. I mean, yeah. I mean, one day we're going to cover those episodes and you're going to hear my real thoughts about this because, and it's not even so much that it's being done as a concept. It's that it takes the Cartwell master plan and like, makes it a kindergarten thing. It's like, it just, it, it, it takes the Carl master plan and like completely like just does a crappy job of it. That's my biggest issue with the timeless child. And I hate that. So I'd have to figure out some way to reconcile that together with, you know, the, the ideas that went into that Carl master plan. But uh, yeah, I'd probably end up doing that too. I mean, I mean, I guess if you want to, Take a quick dive into other things that I would do, Alan, before we mm -hmm. hit yours. I mean, my canned answer, whenever I was always asked this back in the day, was always like, well, I'll just do the new adventures. I mean, because oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I love the new adventures. I mean, obviously, can't do that now, I don't think. But I think what I would do is I would do something in the vein of the new adventures or the Eighth Doctor Adventures, the novel stuff that was going on. I'm just picking and choosing like the, the best type of stuff. It would be it would be arcing, obviously. It would it would tell a story arc, but it would not be based on a stupid ass mystery box. I'm so over stupid ass mystery boxes. Yes. You can tell a long form, season long story without having to have some sort of crazy surprise fuel internet speculation. Hate it, can't stand it, please stop. But um I I think I would use, you know, I spend a lot more time in the future. I I think the companion would be a, a future. Uh, in, in my mind's eye, like, I want to go back to a doctor that obviously the, the type of doctor that I enjoy is somebody who, you know, is still a doctor, but also has a little bit of that, you know, darkness and pathos to him. Um as far as casting a doctor goes, like I think what I would really love to do if I could do whatever I wanted to, I'd cast Toby Jones. Ooh, interesting. Because you have basically uh, someone who was a, a version of, you know, like the Valyard, the Dream Lord, and mm -hmm. now he's the actual doctor. And now he has to like face that. What does that mean for himself? And who is he? Is he? you know, a good person, whatever. And like, I think you could play up a lot of the, you know, like character arc with him. I mean, you know, they, they kind of did that a little bit with Capaldi, but I think you could take it, you know, to maybe even more, you know, I don't want to say darker areas. I don't, I don't want my doctor who to be dark, but I like it. I want to, I wouldn't mind it having an edge, you know, just to, to get some real good drama out of it. Right. So I, I think like, I mean, obviously that'd be a, like, a pie in the sky type of thing. They would never let me cast Toby Jones. I don't think you'd have to go, you know, with somebody more younger and fitter. I mean, there's like, um, I'm a big fan of Dev Patel. I think he yeah. would make an excellent doctor. I agree. Um, and I think he would pull that off uh, pretty good as, as well. Or, or even um, if I wanted to look at like casting a female doctor, like I think Ruth Wilson, who plays morally gray like characters all the time I, I think would be really good 
female doctor to, to kind of convey what I'm looking for. So that that's the kind of casting that I'd be looking at. Um, I mean, I, I definitely think, I mean, I, I can't do the war in heaven anymore because we had the stupid Dalek time war, but I definitely think I would have like faction paradox involved. I just love faction paradox as a concept. Um, all sorts of great time travel stuff that you could do with them. And I think they would end up being, you know, like my, my, my season. I mean, not necessarily like, a, you know, the, the season long villains, but they would be heavily involved in whatever, like, arc that we, we put together. I, I would not see myself bringing back very many old enemies at all. Uh, especially, there would be no Daleks or Cybermen. I would lean more towards, if I were to bring anybody back, it would be Fenric. Well, there's a shock. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's super surprising. It's, it's your uh, Peladon. I, I know. I'm like, look, I, I, as I'm saying, I'm, like, I'm, just, I'm just as bad as Ashley. I'm just as bad as Ashley. And so, I mean, but no, I I love the idea as the doctor being this, you know, one small cog in the universe that can stand against the greatest powerful most dark forces out there i love that idea i mean it's, it's a very comic booky idea i know but i'm a comic book guy and i just i love him facing off against you know evils from the dawn of time i just i eat that up i just do so yeah. that that would be i mean the the season long story arc would probably involve something powerful like that and you'd have the faction muddling around and, and messing with the doctor as he tries to figure out how to maintain everything. That's what I would do. Nice. I like all those ideas, especially Dev Patel. I think that is a really great yeah. choice. I have a, a, a slightly similar choice. And, and this is if I were to go with a, an older, a little bit older doctor is somebody that I've wanted to see for a long time as a doctor is, Alexander Siddig. Mm, I think mm. he would be so good. And he's up, he's getting to that age now where he's like in the Capaldi range. Sure. And I think that he could bring so much depth to the character. I'm really excited about it. My other possibility is Phoebe Waller bridge. I think she has the quirkiness. I think she's got, she's younger. So that helps too. And I think that she has such a, a an interesting, quirky presence. I think she would bring a lot to the role. I would really love to see her doing it. My companion would 100% not be a contemporary Earth girl. No. Not, I mean, even if it was a contemporary Earth guy, I'd be fine with that. But I would most likely go with a humanoid alien, someone from either past or present. I mean, past or future. You know, my warriors so, are kind of humanoid. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, I mean human esque. <laughs> you know, like Trocken or you know one of those kind of aliens. Somebody who has like you know maybe like a Bajoran. You know, somebody who has yeah, like a, a noticeable difference in their feature, but is basically human, so that you can still have that relatability. Um, and as far as like story arcs, I wouldn't. I just don't think story arcs make as much sense in a show like Doctor Who, where your lead character can go anywhere and everywhere. And even at random that a that a story arc follows him or her around every damn season makes no sense to me. I would save my story arc for something special. And on that note, I would not use Daleks unless, of course, there's some contractual obligation. I would not use Daleks or Cybermen. I would save them for the season that I plan to do a season arc. But again, it wouldn't be one of those like saying the word Torchwood every episode or anything dumb like that. It would be an actual, you know, however many episodes like Flux was intended to be where every episode is a chapter in the story and it would be one continuous story over the season. And it would be this is ultimate fanboy. This is the war to end all wars between the Daleks and the Cybermen. 
So then you get them I'm both. I'm up for that. I'm yes, as bad as Ashley. Yep. <laughs> yes, I am as bad as Ashley. But that's okay because Ashley's pretty great. So, <laughs> but as far as like um, individual episodes, I would, I would be open to pitches from different writers. The first people that I would call would be Jamie Matheson, who was my favorite writer throughout the Capaldi era. I thought he wrote some really inventive and uh, really creative episodes. Sarah Dollard, who wrote two in Capaldi, and I thought both of hers were really interesting. And Pete McTie, who wrote a couple during Under Chibnall, and is the one who writes all of the trailers for the classic um, Blu-ray releases. I think he is such a great storyteller. And when you're talking about multiple characters, because I would have probably two companions. I, I, you know, a doctor and a companion is a great dynamic, but I really like two companions. And he, you know, in Chibnall, when you had the doctor and three companions, he was one of the only writers who could write for that many characters and give every character a significant contribution to the story. So I would definitely have him. Plus, I love his stories. I love his writing. So that's basically where I would go with all of this. My directors, of course, would be Rachel Talalay. She'd be the first phone call that I would make. I would look for Douglas McKinnon, who has directed Modern Doctor Who before, but the work that he did on Good Omens is just phenomenal. And I would do everything I could to get him onto my show as well. So that's kind of what I think. I wouldn't have a whole lot of returning monsters. I would definitely have Draconians. I think that they are one of the most underused classic villains. They're like the Zygons were before the 50th anniversary, where they were in one story. They were really well used and could have a lot of potential if done, if new things with them. So Draconians, I would definitely use and develop them in a, in a new way and really broaden uh, our knowledge of their society and all that kind of stuff. So there you go. Not as thoroughly thought out as Ashley's. No. <laughs> Nobody's can be, but, but I'm with you. I think I'd have two companions too. I think two companions yep. is the sweet spot. I agree. And I don't I mind three at all, as long as it's written well, as long as it's balanced well. It's so hard to do, though, with three. Yeah, I don't think it should be that hard, though. That's the thing. I mean, but, every every drama has, you know, seven to nine main characters. I think Doctor Who could do it with four. But I'm happy with three. Doctor, two companions. I think that's perfect. Peter Davison and Janet Fielding and Sarah Sutton. Perfect. Perfect. Someone, one thing that none of us said, and I think Alan, it would work really well in your season is bringing back like the robots of death, like the, 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 the servitor robots. Kind mm -hmm. of. Um, and I think something like that also would be a lot of fun as you brought, I mean, we kind of saw them in the, the Titanic story. Uh, it was kind of a take on them, but I, I would like to see like actually those robots show back up yeah. uh, in, in some way, even if they're just kind of like set dressing or, or they're, they're there, but like mm -hmm. having that kind of thing as well. Um, I think that would be fun also. Right. Both of y'all invoked the name Andrew Cartmill and I'm going to as well, even though I did mention some writers that I would call up and say, I would like for you to write the thing that, that Cartmill did was open the writer's room to new talent. And that's exactly what I would do. I would want anybody who's interested in writing for Dr. Who to pitch me something and to pitch me something different, you know, something that you would not have ever seen. A lot of what I love about Andrew Cartmel's time on the show is that they did stories that you would never have seen in any other time on the show. And I feel like it's got a very unique taste a unique flavor to it and that's what i would hope for with mine i know it might not get a lot of ratings you know but i would like to see doctor who be challenging i would like to see it really expand its horizons really go out into different kinds of storytelling i would do if you're going to do a film noir one i would do it in black and white i would use you know weird camera angles i would i would just go whole hog with it I would do a horror 
story, but I would do it in, you know, like almost like Talalay did with um, the, the first episode of the Cyberman two-parter that ended Capaldi, um, whatever it was called. Now I'm blanking on it, but that was so dark and atmospheric and oppressive almost. And I would, I would go, if I was going to do anything, I would do it as much as I possibly could. No, absolutely. I'm in agreement with you hundred percent. I mean, I know that all three of us are big Cartmel fans and I think that he doesn't get the, the recognition that he might deserve. I mean, I think of him, you know, as one of those figures, just like Hinchcliffe, just like Robert Holmes, who really set a tone for a period and made it his own. And I, I think he, I just think he's a freaking genius. You know, in that in that same respect, Cartmel, uh, someone else that I didn't think about, and really, like, I think I would try to pull in because he's not been he he wrote for Classic Who, and that's uh, Ben Aronovich. Yes, like I mean, because he's doing the things that he's doing now with um, the uh, Rivers of London yes. series of books uh, is is incredible, and it, it's got such a really an Eighth Doctor kind of feel those Eighth Doctor adventure feel to it yeah um and i think he could actually i would love to see him back in doctor who um agreed and, i wouldn't and say I think, no to that i mean come on well i mean i think talk you alan you mentioned and i mentioned uh like a film noir story i think he'd be great for writing that kind of story i agree uh, like um so it would be really fun to see uh ben aronovich kind of like you know you said like look look forward and you know new things but i, I think there's also value in like looking to the past not just yeah. the way obviously mine's a capsule of fanboy desire but but i think there's value in like some of those uh, those writers who are still actively writing yeah absolutely um, and look at look at capaldi's third season when we got a new script from rona monroe who wrote survival i mean who ever expected to see rona monroe back on doctor who but she gave us a really really interesting story and i think that there's a lot of potential in in mining the past selectively you know i'm not going to disagree with that <laughs> well any last thoughts about this any last thoughts about where doctor who would go under one of our directions right in the trash <laughs> right in the trash. Wow. In the trash. I don't think so. I think we might surprise people and <clears throat> more of an audience would come to our shows than we would think. If only we ever got the chance, you know, I, I put this sort of like exercise out on my Facebook page a couple of years ago and I posted it as I've been named the new showrunner of Dr. Who. And I put out all my ideas, Rachel Talalay and Jamie Matheson and all this stuff. And, you know, draconians and all that mess. And uh, most people took it for what it was an exercise of, you know, fun ideas and exploration. And, and what would you do if kind of things, you know, Marvel's what if, and there were a few people that chimed in and like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Congratulations. I'm like, <laughs> Are they really thinking that I'm serious? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would love to have that as my job, but oh no. <laughs> so you never know. You can convince anybody that you're the new showrunner. Oh. All right. So Josh, did this discussion inspire you in any way to do a Josh's media spinoff? I mean, no, I, I didn't really think of it. There's not anything I could really, I mean, Go and listen to the um, Big Finish novel adaptations. There you go. There you that's, go. That's, that's my recommendation because that is <laughs> as good as you're going to get. Right on. All right. We hopefully will be back next week with a show about something. Um, we know that we're going to be doing a, should we say, that we're doing an RPG coming up sometime soon. When are we thinking about doing that? So, great question. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wrote my character up this past weekend, so I'm ready to go. Hey, I'm ready to go. I'm way behind <laughs> on on that chat. I've got to get back into it. Um, just being sick over the past week has just knocked me sideways. Anyway. Um, In that, you also... can experience a whole new way of experiencing Doctor Who right. through the lens of Ashley. Oh, um, boy. So uh... <laughs> Get ready for more Peladon, more Ice Warriors. Uh, maybe maybe 
Okay. And I know sometime soon we've got to review the first set of the new seventh doctor, the last day or the last, whatever it is. Yeah. So we got to get that on the schedule sometime soon. So listeners be looking for all of that stuff. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, even if we don't have it specifically scheduled in our upcoming shows. So until next time, enjoy your TARDIS travels and take care. We'll see you soon. Peace, Anya. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Doctor Who A to Z. You can find episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, and other podcast networks. Theme remix used by kind permission of Doctor Who composer Dominic Glenn. We'd love to hear from you, so please drop us a line at Doctor Who A to Z at Gmail or leave a comment wherever you're listening. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time. And until then, remember, we're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one. Yeah.